0: The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. With Jesus Christ, We are excited to introduce you to a fresh paradigm for thinking about intentional evangelism through BLESS. BLESS is a new way of thinking about loving our neighbor as a natural part of our everyday life. We do this through five simple missional practices to help our unchurched family and friends journey towards faith in Christ. Begin with prayer. Pray for those in your life who are far from God. Ask God, how do you want to bless others? Me. Listen with care. Begin with listening rather than talking. Listen deeply to people's dreams and pain. Listen for evidence of God's work in their lives. Eat together. Share meals and life with those to whom God has called you. Serve in love. Over time, be attentive to opportunities that God gives you to care for others and meet Share your story. After building relationships and earning trust, look for opportunities to share the story of how Jesus is transforming your life and the world.
1: So each week we're breaking down Bless. This goes along with our series. If you have your books, Gospel Shaped Outreach, then we are still trucking along and we're just kind of renaming the chapters that unfold. So last week, I believe it was chapter 6, about praying for those that God wants us to reach. And that's the be and bless, begin with prayer. Today, we're tackling the importance of listening. Um, Before we know what to say, we have to know how to listen. And so today, in your notes, I believe chapter 6 or 7, you can just take notes if you want to follow along. Listening is so important. I remember, uh, especially through the uh, grades, 3rd through 5th grade, My mom would say, you know, to Gary and I as we would go out to play, uh, don't go too far because I'll call you when it's time for dinner. How many remember those days before cell phones? Yeah, you you had to be careful how far you went because you had to stay close enough to hear mom or dad's voice. And mom's voice, while she could yell, uh, she could call for us dinner time or John Gary, it's time to come home. You know, we can maybe get two or three trailers down, uh, down the way where we lived. And if we went much further than that, we were going to be in trouble. We had to stay in tune. We had to stay listening. We had to stay close enough to hear the voice of our, our, our parents. Well, the truth is still the same for each of us. We have to stay close enough, in tune with our Father, who is speaking to us, who is calling us by name, who is directing our steps, who is trying to point out ways around us, Where he is working. Back in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a study written um, by Henry Blackaby called Experiencing God. Anybody here ever done that study? Raise your hand. Uh, Only about five, six of you. It's one of the – it was life-changing for me. As a junior in high school, I did the study. I encourage you to do it. If you're into those like Beth Moore homework, workbook, digging your Bible-type studies, look up Experiencing God. You can find it on Amazon. It'll change the way that you learn to listen to God. It's an amazing story and um, uh, a study that looks into many of the uh, stories in the Bible. Listening is so important. The book of James says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. We have to walk through life with our ears open and our ears on. Eyes have eyelids, and so it's okay to close them at times. Your ears don't. They're to remain always open, always listening, always tuned in. It's important. It's a commandment from God. Be quick to listen. Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. How many of you have ears? Really? Okay, two. Two of you. Okay. Um, he who has ears, let him hear. It isn't It isn't enough just to hear the sound. Yesterday I was praying uh, for today. I was down in Lynchburg sitting in a coffee shop, and uh, I like to get away from here and go down there just because, no, we were visiting family. But anyway, I was down in Lynchburg at a coffee shop, and I went there thinking I just need a quiet place to pray and get ready for tomorrow. This place was packed. I mean, it took me five minutes just to find a place to sit down. I finally found a small corner, and I went and just prayed, and it was hard. It was hard to listen because I heard sounds everywhere. I heard people arguing. I heard people, you know, talking about their different coffees and how they like them. I heard uh, talks of politics. I heard talks of all the games that were on TV at that time. Uh, There was all kinds of things, and it was hard just to focus and just to listen you ever been there? The, the, the voices of life just kind of drowning out everything and you can't focus. Listening can be hard to do, but it is a commandment. It is a command. It's something that we have to learn. We have to develop the discipline of listening. Last week we talked about the importance of praying and Pastor Rob shared with us the importance of praying for those that God has placed around us. And there was a time at the end where many of you received prayers. And and, and the hope is that you are praying beginning with prayer, the B, beginning with prayer, praying that God will open up our hearts and minds to what he's already doing and praying that God would move in the hearts of those he's drawing. Getting back to that Henry Blackaby experiencing God um, study I told you about. Henry Blackaby opens up the study by reminding us That God is always working. God is always working. He is always working and drawing. The scriptures tell us that no one comes to know the father unless the spirit draws him. And the spirit is constantly working on the hearts of your coworkers, your neighbors, the people that you think are far from God. God is pursuing them. He's loving them. He's trying to reach them through you. He is always working. And the second point that Henry Blackaby makes is that he invites us to join him in his work. And we won't know how to listen unless we're praying. Like Paul, Paul said, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean while you're driving, bow your head and close your eyes. That could be very dangerous, okay, and we'll need a lot of other prayers. But we should always be in tune. Prayer is communicating with God. It's not just talking. It's also listening. I don't know who was the first to say it, but somebody once said that you have two ears and one mouth, so you should talk half as much as you listen. You should listen twice as much as you talk. And for some of you, that's the only thing you need to hear today. You're done. We have to listen. Listening requires praying. It requires us being tuned in. It requires us being intentional. It requires us focusing in On what God is saying to us. Uh, Listening doesn't just happen with our ears. We need to listen with our hearts. We need to listen with our eyes. We need to listen with the whole of who God has made us. So that we're in tune to what he's doing around us. We listen to the circumstances and situations that are unfolding. in the everyday details of life. We need to learn to listen. I want to share with you uh, a story from the book of Acts. Of of, of, of a man named Philip who, who learned to listen, and where that listening led him. And so, if you have your Bibles this morning, Acts chapter eight is where we're going to be. Acts chapter eight, verse twenty-six and following. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like a Bible, if you don't own a Bible, we have gifts. We want to give you Bibles. So if you. Bible this morning. Just raise your hand. One of our ushers will bring one to you. Just leave your hand up and we'll get one to you. If you need a Bible in Spanish, we even have those. All right, so just raise your hand an usher will come to you and bring you a Bible. Let's turn to Acts chapter 8 verse 26. So what's happening in the book of Acts is this is in a sense a, a historical book. Most of the Bible is history. And here we have the beginning of the church Jesus has spent 33 years on on the earth for the purpose of pouring into close friends and disciples and equipping them to start this new thing called a church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand up against it. Jesus has been building his church from that day until now. That's why we are here today. And the church is not a building on a corner. The church is a people empowered by the spirit on the mission of Jesus. And the church is growing. It's unfolding. Jesus had had lived 33 years. He had went to the cross to die in our place. Uh, The reason that needed to happen is because as individuals, we are born with sin. God loves us, but our sin separates us from God. And Jesus saw us as sheep without a shepherd, in need of hope, in need of a Savior. And so he laid down his life for us. In exchange for his righteous life, he took our sin upon himself, and it offered us forgiveness to any who would receive it, to any who would call out to him and believe in him as Savior and Lord. He says, I give you the right to become my child. All you have to do is believe in me, receive me, and I will forgive you and make you new. And so Jesus says to his disciples, I'm now going, but the Holy Spirit is going to come. He's going to empower you to continue this message. And you are to now go and share this with all that are around you. Start here in your hometown, Jerusalem, then go to Judea, then go a little further to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so it starts with those who were mainly in Jerusalem, and most of them were Jews. Most of them were from the Jewish background. They had believed in God, but they did not know who Jesus was. Very much like our society today. If you were to Google spirituality or go to Amazon and write spirituality in the search bar, Amazon will give you over 101 pages of things that are spiritual. You can't say that our world is not tuned into the Spirit. We don't necessarily know who the Spirit is, and many don't yet know who Jesus is, but there is a spiritual-shaped, God-shaped void in each of us that only God can truly fill. And we have people in our in our world that are hurting and looking to fill that void in a number of ways with a number of different things, but Jesus came because he knows he's the only answer that can truly give somebody joy and hope and a life we full of purpose and meaning. And so the disciples began to share 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 that. And as the church was growing, as more and more people were coming to know who Jesus was, the church was growing. Many orphans and widows were being ministered to. And in Acts chapter 6, the disciples who were growing and they're busy praying over people and teaching people the truths of God, they realized that the potluck ministry is suffering. I'm serious. Look at Acts chapter 6. And so... There are a lot of people who are hungry and not having their needs met. There are some widows being overlooked in the distribution of food. And so the disciples appoint a group of uh, of individuals to go and to care for the needs of the community. And one of those people uh, anointed and appointed to be a leader of the food ministry was a man named Philip. Philip is serving people, he's in the community, he's he's trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus and ministering to people, and all of a sudden, one day, God speaks to Philip. We don't know uh, if, if an angel actually physically appeared. We know that that happened from time to time in Scripture, but we do know that Philip heard a voice of an angel deliver a message from God, and it says this in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So what was the first thing he did? He listened. He listened. If we're going to know what to do, we've got to first listen. We've got to hear the voice of God. And some of you in the places where you work, and the places where you study, and the places where you shop, God is speaking. And he has a mission for you there. Are you listening? Philip was busy serving people food. He was busy caring for the community. And God said, I've got another thing I need you to do. I want you to head down the road towards Gaza. So he started out. He listened and he obeyed. He trusted and he obeyed. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy. In Jesus. There you go. That's an old one, oldie but a goodie. Um, that's what that's what Philip did. He listened and he heard the voice of God. He didn't question it. He listened and he obeyed. And I know that's for some of us the first thing that we need to. But what what if God wants leads me to do something I can't do, like Moses? God, you want me to be your mouthpiece? I stutter. I have a speech problem. Surely you can pick somebody better. Sometimes God is going to pick you because there's nobody else better for what he wants you to do. And he wants to use you to reach the people he's placed around you. And so he says, Philip, I want you to go. And Philip listens and he obeys. He started out on his way and he met an Ethiopian eunuch. A couple things we need to know about this guy. First of all, he's from Ethiopia. He's not home. He's up in this land visiting. He's far from where he is. Uh, he's a eunuch. Eunuchs weren't welcome in the synagogue. They uh, there was this the, this decree from Deuteronomy that that eunuchs were not allowed to be in the synagogue. But there's something about this man. God is always at work. That's what Henry Blackaby reminded us. He's always at work, and God invites us to join him in his work. So Philip listens. Here's the voice of God, and he is sent to this Ethiopian eunuch. He's far from home. Why is it? Let's see what's going on. He started out in this way, and he met an Ethiopian eunuch, a soldier, an important official in charge of all of the treasury of the Kandeg, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. Now, Ethiopia at this time is much larger of a kingdom than it is right now. Almost all of the Sudan is, is, is part of the Ethiopian kingdom, And this man is the treasurer of all of this. He works side by side with the queen. And he's he's got it made. Later, we're going to learn that he has a chariot. You know, normal people like you and I, we'd walk around from place to place. If you were rich, you had a camel or a donkey or, or, or an animal to ride. If you were really rich, you had a chariot. And this wasn't, you know, like a little chariot where he's standing in a thing horses. He's got a driver. He's sitting in the back. Later, he's going to tell the driver to stop. This guy's got it made. He's a he's an Ethiopian. He's not a Jew. But God is working in him. How do we know that? An important official in charge of the treasury. This man had gone to Jerusalem, verse 27, to worship. Again, in the hearts of mankind is a God-shaped void. We are in tune to know that there is something bigger than than what we see. There's something more to this than just the life that we experience in the day-to-day. This man was in tune to spiritual things, and he was in Jerusalem, and there was something. It wasn't just something. It was the Holy Spirit drawing this man, preparing his heart, message that would be shared with him. Day in and day out, there are people around you, people that you would think may be far from God, that God is working on their hearts, and he's going to give you the words to share with them, but you first have to listen. You have to earn the right to be heard, and this man was in the hands of God, being shaped, being pursued by God, and this man was there to worship. Let's go on and read a little bit more about this man. He was there to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading a book. Here's the next thing you need to know. This man was very smart. Most people did not know how to read back then, and you had to be rich to actually own a book. This was a scroll. What book was it? He was reading the book of Isaiah. So he probably stopped at Lifeway Christian Bookstore while traveling around and got his leather-bound Bible. He was rich, so he could probably afford the real leather Bible. Um, They didn't have Bibles back then, guys. In order to have the book of Isaiah, you had to either be really high up in some official chain or you had to have a lot of money. Uh, If you were lucky as a Jewish person, your village synagogue, had copies of of the scrolls. These were handwritten. There was no printing press yet. Handwritten scrolls of the books of Isaiah, the books of the Torah, the books of the, uh, the the Old Testament, gathered together. And if you were if you were blessed, your synagogue had one copy of them. No families had copies of these scrolls. And yet this man, feeling led, drawn by the Holy Spirit, being way down in Ethiopia, travels up to worship. He's being drawn to God. And he gets his hands on the word of God, and he's reading the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah was written about 700, 750 years before Jesus was even born. And yet, the prophet Isaiah is talking about Jesus, the coming Messiah who would die in our place. And the Holy Spirit is piercing this man's heart through the words of the prophet Isaiah on the way home he was reading the book of Isaiah the prophet so in verse 29 it says the spirit the holy spirit told Philip again he was listening the, whole, the spirit the spirit was speaking and Philip was listening Philip was in prayer. He was listening to the voice of God. Prayer is not just us telling God what we want or need. It is us listening to the voice of God, praying without ceasing. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. As Philip walks up, he doesn't actually walk. The Scripture says he runs over to it. I mean, back in the day, that would almost be like a Lamborghini in our time. He's he's probably checking it out. He runs over to it. And he heard the man inside the chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. Now, he could have reacted in a number of different ways. First of all, this man is from Ethiopia. He's not Jewish. He's a Gentile. There were very strict laws about the exchange between a Jew and a Gentile. So he could have easily said, you know, this guy's an outcast. He's a sinner. He's not a chosen one. And then upon, you know, checking things out, he's rich. A lot of times the rich, well, they don't need God. They don't need anything. Philip could have easily just looked the other way. But the Holy Spirit was leading Philip to listen to this man. And as he gets close, he hears this man and sees that God is working on this man. He's reading, and so Philip, I believe, in a, in a way that's received well. He doesn't condemn this man. He doesn't speak to this man and say, "Hey, unless you believe what you're reading, you're going to hell, buddy." He doesn't. He doesn't beat him over the head with the with the scroll of that day. He instead says, "Hey, do you understand what you're reading?" And he looks for an opportunity. He listens for a way to have a conversation that will lead to truth. I had a conversation with a guy earlier after first service, and he said, you know, I, I just think it's idiotic for people not to believe in Jesus, and I tell them that. I don't know that that's the best way for you to earn the right to be heard. Okay? We have to speak into situations with compassion. Ask the Holy Spirit to help me to say, speak in a way Open up this person's heart to hear you. Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? And the, the Ethiopian says, how can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. Now watch what happens. The beauty here is the eunuch invites Philip in to come and sit with him. Philip didn't have to go and get a megaphone and preach that you're going to hell on the corner. He was listening to God therefore invited into the situation by this man and this man invites him into the chariot and this man reads the Bible to Philip this is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading he was led like sheep to the slaughter as a lamb before its shearers is silent so he did not open his mouth In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch then turned and asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about someone else? Then, Philip shared, Philip was invited in. Philip listened some more. And then Philip shared. Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. He began with that passage and said, The lamb that was slain was our Savior. He was the lamb that took away the sins of the earth. And he went on to share with him the good news and shared with him the stories about Jesus came to take away the sins of the world, to take uh, to bring hope in exchange for pain and, and spoke into this man's life. The very God that you're trying and feeling led to worship came in the form of a man and his name was Jesus Christ. And if you give your heart and life to him, Verse 36 as they traveled along the road. They came to some water, and the eunuch called out to his driver and said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. This morning, as I was preparing, I was going to read to you, Acts chapter 10 as well. Another beautiful story, but we don't have time, but I encourage you to read it on your own this week. Another beautiful story of of listening to God. Peter, being a Jewish person and also a very stubborn man, had to have weird things happen in order for God to get his attention. And Peter is, is, is chilling at another friend's house, and they're having a barbecue, and he falls asleep. And in this dream he has, this food comes down from heaven, and it's all the food that the Jewish dietary laws forbid, forbade them to eat. And, and the voice of God says, Peter, eat that food. And he's like, there's no way. I'm not allowed to. And it happened three times. And God kept saying, eat this food, eat this food, eat this food. And Peter was like, what is going on, God? And finally God said, who are you to say something is unclean if I said it's clean? And this was God preparing Peter's heart. For what was about to happen, a man named Cornelius, an Italian soldier, was ready to come to Jesus. This, this Italian soldier didn't yet know of Jesus, but he was feeling drawn by God. He was praying to God. He, his heart was being shaped by God. He was taking care of the poor and needy around him. And knowing that Peter would come to his house, he gathered together all his friends and family and said, There's a man coming. I've sent messengers to get him. Peter shows up with the messengers. Peter shares with them. At first, he's like, I'm Jewish and you're not. This is kind of against the law. I shouldn't do this. But but that dream was weird. And maybe I'm supposed to tell you the good news anyway. And so he tells them the good news and the whole house is saved. The whole house comes to know Jesus. We are now in that same place. God is calling us to pray for those who are around us, to listen to what God is doing in their life, And to be prepared to share with others. Looking for opportunities to serve. Listening and looking for opportunities to offer hope. Listening and looking for opportunities to connect with others. To encourage, to build up, to offer love. And listening, like I experienced in that coffee shop, takes intentionality. We have to begin to develop the discipline of listening. And so my encouragement to you is throughout your day, set an alarm clock. And at certain times during the day, stop and pause and pray. Now, when you pray a listening prayer, don't talk. Just say, God, speak to me now. Help me to listen to what you're doing around me. And I would encourage you to take five minutes. I know that's asking a lot. And just in the stillness of that time, listen for God's voice. God will begin to reveal circumstances and situations. He might give you the name of a co-worker. He might paint a picture of a situation. He might send a table of food to you in a vision. Who knows? God will speak to you, though, if you take the time to listen and then obey. Over the next weeks, we're going to teach you how to spend time with others intentionally, how to serve them in a way that leads to you being able to do the last S. Share with them your story of how, how God has reached you, how his love has changed you, as how his love has forgiven you, and share with them the story of how Jesus also wants to change them. In a week or two, I'm going to share with you a really cool tool that will help you start to begin to pray for everybody who lives in your neighborhood by name. There's a really cool organization out there that's called Bless Every Home. BlessEveryHome.org. Write it down and go look it up today. BlessEveryHome.org. Put in your address. Put in where you go to church. Our church is registered with the site. And then you'll be amazed. What will come up next on the next page is your house. And then a picture of the house next to you. And then the names of the people who live near you. How many of you know the names of both your neighbors? How many of you don't? Yeah. There's no excuse now. Technology can be harnessed in a way for good. And this picture will come up. If you were to see mine, it'll show you all Colonial Village Loop, the loop right here that I live on. And it'll list every name of everybody who lives there. And then you'll see some homes might be red, some might be yellow, some might be green, and some might be blue. If they're red, it means somebody's praying for them. As you tag a house, every time you pray, this app now sends me five names a day of my neighbors with a suggested way to pray for them. And then you start listening. So as I'm praying for my neighbors, I'm listening. I'm looking for ways to connect with them. I'm looking for ways to build bridges that will lead to me being able to care for them, eventually share with them through a... Positive way, the gospel of Jesus. And if they're blue, it means you know they're already a savior. They're already saved. They're already a part of the family of God. And as you look at neighborhoods, you'll we'll begin to see. If each of us go on, we can see the map literally changing color as we're praying for every home. So my encouragement is: you log on, blesseveryhome.org. It's free. Go up and start taking blessing intentional. Making it intentional. Let's pray. If you're here this morning and maybe some of this sounds new to you, maybe you're here today and you've never really thought of Jesus as someone to have a real relationship with. Bible tells us that God loves us so much that Jesus came and out of his great love for us knowing that our sin is the very thing that separates us from the love of God Jesus went to the cross in our place he never sinned he didn't deserve to die but he chose to die for Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down their life for a friend. While we were separated from him, he died for us. The scriptures say that at any moment, if you want to receive his forgiveness, if you want to invite him to come into your life, to be your savior, all you have to do is call out to him and ask him. Just confess to him. Admit that you need him. The scriptures say if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just. And he will forgive us of all unrighteousness. Call out to him right now. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. Help me to discover what it really is. Scriptures say that the moment you call out to Him and ask for His forgiveness and call out to Him as Lord, that He will send His Holy Spirit to come into you to begin to change you from the inside out. You aren't going to become perfect overnight. None of us are. I've been, I gave my heart to Jesus years ago, and I still trip up, I still mess up. But He is with me through each and every step, there to forgive me. There to pick me up. And each and every day he points me in the right direction. And I pray that he helps me to keep following. And that could be the same for you. Start this relationship with him today. You'll never regret it. He loves you. He died for you. He's calling out to you. Come into his arms. Receive his forgiveness. Give your heart to him today. For those of you that are here and you know him as Savior and Lord. seriously the mission to begin praying for each and every person he's put around us to begin listening for the things he's doing and the way he's moving to take time to spend with people so that we can serve them and ultimately share with them the truth of who Jesus is the truth is on the night before he was arrested he took a piece of bread and he broke it and he took a cup and he held it up and to his loved ones he said as often as you eat of this bread and taste of this cup remember what I've done for you. Remember that I love you. Remember that I died for you. Now go and live for me. For those of you that know him as Savior and Lord, we invite you to come forward or to go to the back, whichever station is closest, and as an act of worship and response and remembrance, receive these elements, remembering who he is and what he did for you. If you gave your heart to Jesus today as as I prayed and you prayed with me, let one of us know we'd love to celebrate that made that decision to give your heart to Jesus, to make him your Savior and Lord. And if there's anything else going on in your life that we can pray with you about, we have prayer team members in the back of the room, and I'm up here at the front. We'd all love to pray with you. So now, as the band closes us out, think about all that we've shared today and respond